Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome in. It's the Believe in Commander show. Thank you guys for checking us out. We are previewing week three. It's already week three in the NFL. Uh, I'm Brian Murphy, as always, joined by my guy, AAA Anthony Armstrong. How are you doing, my friend, in the middle of the week? I'm doing good, man. Hump day's not too bad. I got to, you know, watch a little 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 tape on the on, on our upcoming opponent here. So I'm excited. It's been a good day, been a good week so far. Yeah, we're gonna break down the commanders and eagles in just a sec. Later on in this episode, if you're watching this, you'll see our picks. We'll release that as a second episode. But those picks are brought to you by Bet Online and they bring you the show every week as well. And then remember, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines you can find reviews and news for every league including mlb nfl nba nhl combat sports even esports and golf it continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures so head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet and you can use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v Five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, that's where the game starts, and the game starts for the uh, the Commanders on Sunday, the first divisional matchup of the season. Uh, we'll get to all of that about the Eagles. We know how strong the Eagles have looked, but a couple of news and notes uh, for the Commanders. You texted me earlier, and I saw a brief video of it. I'm going to start here, kind of a little curveball. Brian Robinson was out at the practice field. That was great to see. Yes, indeed. I think that that's like that's got to be uplifting for his teammates. You know, I mean, obviously him being him being shot, and then you know having to go you know quickly to the you know unable to perform list and uh, a short term IR, I should say, short term IR. Yeah. Um, you know, and glad to see him you know be back in the building now, back on the field. Like that's got to be uplifting. So I'm sure that that type of energy, his type of vibe, is going to help uh, lift his team and, and push him through this week. Yeah, I think he's eligible week five, and that's coming up quick. So we could see Brian Robinson before too long, which is literally a miracle, which is so cool to hear. Another cool note that I just mentioned to you, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted out a picture of Deron Payne's commander's jersey. And so they sent Deron Payne's whole getup from week one against the Jaguars up to the Hall of Fame, and it is on display from the first ever game as the commander. So I thought that was pretty cool. Big number 94, his jersey is at the Hall of Fame to commemorate uh, the commanders in the start of a new era. I thought that was neat. That is cool. I mean, you, you, you grow up, you're thinking you, you want to play football, and sometimes you maybe some people think about being in the, in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if Deron did, but he's in there. Say, Mama, I made it. Mama, yeah. I made it. <laughs> yeah, really cool. And so, and, and it's awesome, again, that the commanders got a week one victory. So, you know, first victory is the commanders first game is the commanders and so drawn Payne's jersey is there to remember all of that so some negative stuff because of injuries and some shuffling the commanders had to make a couple of moves they sent chase rulier to the ir sounds like he's getting a second opinion and hoping that it could be a short-term stint uh with a knee or leg injury you never know so that's a blow to the offensive line and tough blow for chase rulier who came back this season after breaking his leg last year you know, a game and a half in, and he's already back on the IR. So we're going to have to see what the depth looks like for the commanders starting this week against the Eagles. Yeah, the injuries, the injury bug is, is quickly, has quickly bit Washington. And um, the 
good side is a long season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so far nothing seems to be too, you know, drastic. People are going to be able to, you know, get back out there soon. But, but man, I was looking yeah. at the injury report. Philly doesn't have anybody that's hurt really, right? So that's a tough, tough thing to have to bring that into this game. Yeah, and it sounds like Daniel Wise has a bad ankle. Don't know if he'll go. Casey Tuhill was in the concussion protocol, which you never know how long that can linger. I think Cole Holcomb missed practice today on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah well. quad, I think. Yeah, so uh, a couple of shuffling things. They signed Nick Martin, who is a longtime veteran, started a while, I think, for the Texans, played with the Raiders as well. So he will come in to back up Wes Schweitzer, who will hopefully be back and be your starting center until Chase Roulier, you know, if and when he comes back. And then a nice little sneaky move. We were talking about it a second ago. I love this. They signed John Ridgeway off the Cowboys practice squad. He was a 2022 draft pick. Actually, I think they might have technically released him, and we're hoping to get him back to the practice squad. But the commanders swoop in, get the fifth-round pick Ridgeway, and I think he might see some <laughs> serious snaps this week. It's going to be all hands on deck. Um, so they released Donovan Jeter, got him back to the practice squad. So a little bit of shuffling due to the injury bug and, you know, a chance for Ridgeway to 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 make some plays. And then he goes up against Dallas the very next week. So I kind of like that move there. Yeah, you think about bringing in, you know, a guy like Ridgeway, I'm sure I don't have – I don't know don't know the tape on him, but there's value in, in him being a fifth-round draft pick. And yeah. then also be able to take him from a division rival, like that's that's big as well. Um, and so, you know, obviously they moved Jeter to the practice squad. They had to release him to do it. So he's mm-hmm. going to still be in the system, and he'll still be around, and it's easy to activate somebody uh, and bring, them, bring him up should they need – that extra depth at D line, which could end up being a possibility. So, uh, congrats to Ridgeway, and then he's hope you're ready to go because <laughs> you got a matchup this week. Uh, the the thing I know is that he played in the SEC, and I will always take a an SEC defensive lineman. Uh, what what makes me nervous is if you go to the Commanders website and pull up their roster, a couple of their guys don't have a picture, probably because they haven't been in the building long enough to get a Commanders <laughs> picture made. You know that's a little shaky when guys without pictures are going to be suiting up for you on the fifty three man roster on Sunday. So a little nerve wracking there. Did they at least give them numbers? They did. So actually, okay. I right. thought so. Donovan Jeter wore ninety-one this past Sunday in Detroit. They said, "See ya, you're on the practice squad." And uh, Ridgeway came in and took ninety-one. Sam Martin's yeah. number sixty for those uh, yeah. number geeks like me out there. Well, it's a, it's a lot easier to replace the nameplate on sure. the back. Sure, right? You see these little seams? You can take these seams out. You can, <laughs> and it's already a big guy, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey. This is an interchangeable number and position, right? So, hey, I'm sure uh, Donovan Jeter is not tripping if he has a change to a triple-digit number yeah. on the VL practice squad. So he'll, he'll be good. He'll be good. Yeah. So speaking of the Eagles, those two guys, Ridgeway and Martin, might be out there uh, for the commanders in D.C. as the divisional slate kicks off with one of the tougher teams that I've watched through two weeks in the NFL uh, the Eagles were on Monday Night Football. The split screen, I thought that was kind of interesting. The, the the double header kind of split screen there. They were going back and forth between the Bills and Titans and Vikings and Eagles, and it was all Eagles. They dominated Kirk Cousins. The defense looked good. Uh, Jalen Hurts obviously looked good and continues to get better. Uh, just initial thoughts, Anthony, on this Eagles team. I, I think they're a tough opponent. It's going to be a big task on Sunday. It will definitely be a, a big task for Washington, but, you know, it's it's one of those ones where you, you, there is a recipe for success. And we'll go over that a little bit, uh, what I think that the team needs to do. But 
Philadelphia is a team they've made one. They've made a whole bunch of moves to help bolster the team and build around Jalen Hurts. I mean, this is his opportunity to show that he can lead, show that he can actually take this team to the promised land. I mean, you go in the draft, you trade during the draft to get A.J. Brown. So you bring him in another talented receiver across from, uh, from Devontae Smith. Then on the defensive side, people would think, oh, it's defense, but that all ties in to helping the offense, Hassan. Uh, Reddick is over there. Now you have James Bradbury is opposite Darius Slay. And then the sneaky, sneaky trade uh, when they brought in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Saints. So, I mean, they've really built this team out to have three levels uh, of a solid defense. And then offense, there's just a skill set. And the scheme is just built around Jalen Hurts and him making good decisions with the football. This is a good football team. It yeah. really is, and it's going to take it's going to take a good effort, a good sound team effort to get a W. Yeah, you mentioned some of those guys, and some of them haven't even kind of produced this year so far, and the Eagles have still been rolling. Devontae Smith hasn't really gotten going all that much. I think uh, Bradbury had a pick six, but last week it was all Darius Slay who had two picks, probably could have had a third. Uh, yeah, just at every level of you know the offense and the defense, both lines, they're all solid. I didn't even mention Fletcher Cox, who's been there forever and just continues to hold yeah. it down. Got a Jordan off. Davis. I mean, yep. they just added him. Nicobe Dean, another rookie, the two Georgia boys that they added in there. So they got a lot of playmakers all over the uh, all over the place. Um, the, the thing that stands out for me is their rushing attack. They are second, um, I think, in the league. Yeah, second in the league behind only the Browns in rushing. They got six rushing touchdowns, so they've done all this, and Jalen Hurts has only thrown one touchdown pass. Yeah. He's added uh, another three touchdowns on the ground, but that rushing attack is something serious. It's led by Hurts. They've got Miles Sanders. they got another couple guys in Boston Scott and uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, they just got a bunch of different guys that can come at you in a bunch of different ways, and it's got to make you a little weary as a Commanders fan, seeing what Detroit was able to do, seeing what Jacksonville was able to do. Uh, the commanders are bottom five against the run. And so it's, it's one strength against one weakness. And so that's a, that's going to be a tough one, but I'm with you. I think if you can play sound, if you can tighten up a little bit, you can make this interesting, but it's going to take a lot there for that commander's defense. Yeah, it really will. And you know, with, with Jalen hurts and I have a, a really cool stat on him um, with him being such a decisive uh, runner and, and choosing to run like he quickly makes a decision say i'm going to go ahead and run this ball um it, it makes it more difficult on the defense on how you have to read things like you have to account for him as a runner and that changes the the the, the body count if you will you know usually you think about there's 11 people on either side but oh the quarterback he's not going to do anything yeah well this quarterback is going to run and so now he technically could have 10 blockers out there so uh, it, it makes it difficult on defenses, but it, it doesn't mean that he cannot be stopped. Yeah, and the, the questions all week for Washington have mostly been on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, who's going to step up and make a play? I've seen plenty, way too many clips of the Detroit game and all of the holes that they were able to create and just guys being in the wrong spot. You hope that this week that they have been working on that and working on that and working on that. I heard Ron Rivera today said uh, the word is discipline. And I think they do need to be really disciplined, especially, you know, every week, obviously, but especially against a guy like Jalen Hurts, who is just a bruiser out there. I mean, he's a quarterback, but he he'll run you over. We've seen uh, videos of him working out and what he can do. He's a strong guy um, and he'll run you over. 
But then, you know, it, it almost seems unfair because you take away the run or you, at least you try to slow it down. And then you got to deal with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, who we haven't even mentioned. He's got weapons all, all around him to throw the ball to. So it's going to take a full team effort. And I think I think that the offense and the defense really need to play in tandem a little bit better this week. The offense has got to get something going a little bit earlier to kind of control the clock a little bit, play a little bit of keep away. Um, but all that's easier said than done against a team that through two weeks, the Eagles have looked mighty strong and could be a, a favorite in the NFC. You know, I know it's early, but they, they look legit. No, I mean, they got to fight off the Giants, though. So. Gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Giants two, are sitting at 2-0. I mean, you, I, I didn't have that. That I didn't write that nope. one. I, I didn't have that one. So no. if you did, kudos to you. If you do not live in New York or New Jersey and you said that the Giants were going to be 2-0 and uh, going into week three, then congrats to you. I yeah. take my hat off because I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't think it was going to happen. But, hey, no. uh, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So what uh, specifically are some of the bigger matchups? Obviously, we know, uh, you know, you know, full picture, big picture. It's defense against offense. It's slowing down their running game. You know, it's trying to make some big plays against the Eagles defense. But what are some matchups that, that you're kind of looking at, uh, you know, maybe individually or even unit versus unit? Well, um, we can start with all the big, ugly guys, right? Right. Uh, I'm talking about, in this instance, Washington's O-line versus the D-line and almost just the whole front uh, against uh, the Eagles. So, obviously, we mentioned Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis. Uh, you got Brandon Graham. He's still out there. Josh Hassan Sweat. Reddick, Josh right. Sweat, Pro Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of talent. And this is going to be an aggressive uh, aggressive unit overall. So this O-line is going to have to be able to handle the blitz. They're going to have to find a way to keep Carson Wentz upright. And they did a good job of week one. And then week two, uh, Detroit brought that pressure. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that's about this league is if they smell some blood in the water, they taste some blood in the water, they are going to go back and attack. It. <laughs> so you yeah. can anticipate seeing pressure early and often. Um, with this Eagles defense. So being able to handle the pressure, handle the blitz, and, and hell, in the running game, find a way to create some movement. That's a big, big matchup uh, that I'm going to be paying attention for, for sure. Yeah, that, you know, we, we've been talking all about the Eagles rushing attack, but I think for me, the Washington rushing attack has got to get going. I think Antonio Gibson has 80 something yards through two games. I know that Carson Wentz has slung it around a little bit, and that's kind of been the game plan, but this. This rushing attack has got to do something, kind of keep the Eagles off the attack mode, you know, help help to maybe make the defense sit back a little bit and rethink some things. Because right now the Washington, the the commander's rushing attack seems to be non-existent. And I think that that'll be boosted once Brian Robinson gets back. I know that that was part of it, but Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick have got to be able to run the ball and run the ball effectively because eventually, you know, the defenses are just going to sit back and just kind of wait for the pass. So you got to keep them honest by keeping the run going. Um, so as much as we're going to see the Eagles rushing attack, I want to see the Washington rushing attack kind of get after it as well. Uh, well, but I will say, though, when you want to jump in there, uh, when you know you're going to see the pressure, um, you have to be able to have outlets to handle that pressure because you can get somebody out of the blitz. Like somebody can pressure you all you want, and it's, it gets difficult to run into that. So, you know, another matchup is is Scott Turner. Like, hey, 
let's not just run the ball into an eight man box just because, sure. you know, because it's, it's, we need to run the ball. If you can see that something else is coming, let's get the ball to somebody else quick, make something else happen quickly. You'll get those guys out of, out of that, out of that, uh, you know, aggressive box, out of that blitzing. If you're able to handle the blitz, if you can't handle it like last week, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the thing like, you got to think Carson, and Scott Turner and the old line, everybody has to be on the same hell receiver. Be on the same page and understand well, the ball has to come out quick to handle these blitz situations. And they will see this early and often. I promise yeah. you. And I, I'm excited to see Terry McLaurin. I think I saw a quick stat somewhere that he has led um, all players in, in receiving yards against the Eagles. Obviously, Washington plays them twice a year, but he tends to have some big games against them. I'd love to see that again. It seems like Terry hasn't been the third look. I just think teams are showing him a lot of um, attention and it's allowing Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson to rack up the touchdowns. But I would love to see uh, Terry McLaurin take it right at Darius Slay. I know they've had a couple of good matchups over the years, even back when uh, maybe Slay's last year with Detroit, they had some some good one-on-one matchups. So I'm excited to see what what Terry does. I'm with you. I don't think you need to run the ball just to say you ran the ball. Um, because your success has been throwing the ball around. And Carson went spreading the ball out to, I think we said, seven receivers the first week, eight last week. He's hopefully getting Cole Turner back maybe this week or next. So continue to spread the ball around. Whatever you do, I think you got to control the clock. I think that's going to be huge, and I think that's been Washington's key to success over these last couple of years. When they've gotten big wins, it's been because they've been holding on to the ball. Whether it's running the ball, whether it's that short passing game, long drives they got to make that happen especially against an eagles team that you know can attack you at any point so i'm excited to see what both the offense and the defense have to throw at um at the eagles i think being aggressive is key too and i think that you know i think we said it you know recapping the detroit game there are too many times that this washington team reacts to other teams Go out there and, and be the one that makes the other team have to react go out there and, and throw a haymaker and and get the get the Get the game started, you know. Make them adjust to you. No, don't 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 do anything too crazy. No, no. Uh, like what what was it? I forget what it was when the whole Monday night thing happened in the past. I was on that team. Yeah. Uh, so no need to fight in the end zone. Don't get anybody too too hype. No. So you know, hopefully, uh, Philly doesn't get the ball first. But no, seriously though, um, another one when you're talking about Terry, Terry Terry's going to get his respect. They're going to pay attention to him. For me, it's those other guys. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get open? There's going to be opportunities there, right? You're really going to get to showcase who. how can you win against man? How can you win against this one-on-one? Because this this defense with Slay and Bradbury, they have the ability to say, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and lock up over here. You know, you may get a single-sided receiver to a trips, and they just say, hey, you go ahead and play man. We'll just assume you're going to cover this whole backside of the field and they can play games on the other end. We, that receiver is going to have to take advantage of those opportunities. So sure. being able to get the defense out of the things that they're trying to do, because they're going to force your hand. Philly's an aggressive city and it's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. and it's aggressive team. So they're going to try to press the issue. They're going to try to bring it to you. Um, so, yeah, it for me, um, it's, a, it's a team effort all yeah. the way around, all the way around. Yeah, got to communicate, got to be sound. A guy we, we've kind of in passing mentioned is Carson Wentz going up against his former team, the team that drafted him, the first team to trade him. 
Is there any extra motivation going up against your former team, or is that kind of more talk, more for the media to talk about, or is there something? Is Carson Wentz going to come out there and want to stick it to these guys and throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, or is it a little bit of both? Um, all of it is. Yes, he wants to win, and he's going to say, you know, he's going to say he's not. It's not a big deal. He's going to just you know dumb it down, say it's just another game. But deep down inside. There's, there's, there's a fact that, yeah, you're playing against your old team. You want to win. Hell, I came back to play Washington in the preseason with, when I was with Cleveland, and I wanted to win. Like, I mean, it was a preseason. It was the fourth preseason game at that, so it really didn't mean anything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then this being the first matchup, I mean, I'm sure that he wanted to get the win against Doug Peterson. He was able to do that. Uh, and then he going into here to play against his old team against Philly, he's going to want to get that win. And does he want to throw for 500 yards and five? Absolutely. He would love to set a record against his old team. So, you know, he, he'll downplay it. Um, but everybody else, they know that this is uh, Carson going against his old team. So uh, there's going to be some more motivated teammates that want to make sure Carson goes away with the win. And uh, it, it's it's a real thing. It's, it's felt in that building. And, and everybody's very well aware of this. Well, and I saw a billboard that that Philly fans plan to take over FedEx, what they which they have done way too many times. And I think the billboard said, "Carson, we're coming for you." So if that's not a little bit of a motivation, and maybe he doesn't see it, or maybe he does, and he's going to say he doesn't see it, but it, it would be pretty sweet for him to come out there with his new team and, and kind of pull the upset because we know that the the Eagles are heavily favored. Um, if you stick around to watch the video, you'll see us uh, do our picks later. But uh, it would be really sweet to come out there and get the upset and to kind of ride into the to the locker room after a big game. And, you know, I've mentioned it already a couple of times. It's the first divisional game. And, you know, you get a win here. It almost counts as two wins because it puts you above them in the division. And they've got to beat you again to to make up that tiebreaker. So it's a huge deal. It starts a big stretch, uh, you know, with the Eagles at home, the Cowboys next week. I just want to see some consistency. And, you know, obviously I want I want the win, but go out there and show that you're you're not backing down. You just had a bad week in Detroit and you're going to bounce back because I think that they have the players to do that. Now they just need to go out there and make it happen. 100%, 100%. And my my thing I want to see from the defensive side, I want to see some creativity. Mm-hmm. I want to see some creativity. And this is this is going to be from, from Jack Del Rio. I mean, you have some uh, very athletic players out there. I mean, Montez Sweat, I think he's a guy that could probably drop into a, into a zone or into a coverage. He can definitely be a spy. You're going to have to deal with, with Jalen Hurts. So yeah. my recipe for success against – a quarterback that is very elusive. If you think about, about a team that have success against Russell Wilson, they don't try to rush and get around him. They try to create a net of sorts, yeah. right? Defensive ends understand they can only pressure as deep as uh, as Jalen drops, and then they have to be ready to fold back underneath. The defensive line, you try to gotta pre- push pressure forward and squeeze, create a net around him. Uh, if this defensive line can work in unison, that's going to make things difficult on Jalen. I mean, this year he's been very efficient, very efficient against uh, the blitz. Okay, so this is the stat I brought up earlier. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, I uh, found this stat. He's he's faced 22 blitzes this year, okay? He's faced 22 blitzes, and there's been 15 pressures. So that's like hit sacks, hurries, right? Sure. 15 pressures. He has 14 scrambles on these on these blitzes. 
I don't understand how these numbers. Well, I guess he probably may have gotten out. He may have gotten hit. Either way, he has 14 scrambles for an average of 6.4 yards per carry. That's a total of 89, almost 90 yards. Okay, so he he hurts teams that don't have clear rush lanes. Right. You saw how uh, week one Detroit there was a lot of really deep pressure, but he was able to step up and slide out and, and escape the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus, when you're playing man back there, the DBs backs are to the quarterback, so they don't see him escape. They don't react to those things as quick. Uh, so that is the problem when you play man. But then when you go play zone like Minnesota did for the entire first half. You don't get pressure with your four people. Then he picks you apart in the zone. So you have to find some sort of creativity, mix and match some things. I mean, they're going to spread you out across the board. There are going to be gaps around here. So making it, trying to make it a little bit more difficult on Jalen is going to be your best bet. I mean, you got to come up with something. And and, and let me finish this. I'm sorry. In, In comparison, just so if you don't understand, if this is kind of the first stat for me, but in comparison, Carson Wentz has faced 34 blitzes. And so just so y'all know, uh, Carson's thrown the ball probably about 20 some odd more times than, than Jalen, but he's faced 34 blitzes. Uh, He's had 18 pressures. He has five scrambles. So he's only been able to get out and scramble five times. It's an average of 7.4. So it's a good average about 37 yards. Yeah. But Jalen finds a way to get out of the pocket. Uh, He's done it 14 times. So I don't know. That's yeah. a big thing. Be sound yeah. on the defense. Create that net. Well, I, I think it goes back to Ron Rivera saying discipline. You got to be disciplined. Just because you get up field and beat your guy doesn't mean that you know you've won. You got to make sure that Jalen Hurts isn't sneaking through there, going off for twenty-five yards up the middle too. So I think discipline is huge. I think one thing, and I think he is going to be a key if the wash if if the Commanders can pull it off. Cam Curl sounds like he's going to play. I think that is going to be so big for the communication. I think that's going to be so big for, um, you know, another safety in there, another guy that can maybe even play like a hybrid linebacker role. I think that is going to be huge, especially against a guy that is so dangerous like Jalen Hurts. Um, So, you you know, I'm excited to see Cam Curl out there finally. And I say finally, it's only two weeks. But, um, you know, I think that he's going to be huge, and I think that he could be a big difference maker uh, for this defense, if they're gonna, you know, make something happen and kind of get Jalen Hurts off his game, yeah, camp getting Cam back would be huge, um, and especially when the the, the defense where they were talking about uh, potentially using Defoe and, and Cam on the field at the same time, and I, I just think that there's gonna be so much flexibility. Um, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, you put Jamin out there and let him just be the spy and say, all you got to do is spy hurts. All right. If he takes off, you go and close to him. And and that might be what you see uh, in this upcoming game. I mean, you're going to have to do some things to challenge uh, this team. I mean, outside, obviously, A.J. Brown uh, and Devontae Smith, two very talented receivers, uh, they can get open by open by themselves. Um, watching the game against Minnesota, Jalen Hurts, he was taking what the defense gave him. Right. I mean, he, he kept everything short. He wasn't really throwing the ball downfield. And, yes, he did have a big touchdown uh, to uh, – th- what was his name? Uh, Gainwell. Quez Watkins. Quez, Quez Watkins. Yeah. Yes. Well, Gainwell's the running back. Qu- uh, Quez Watkins had that long touchdown. But that was a busted coverage. I mean, it was a cover six. Safety in the cornerback got a little confused there. I mean, they played it. 
Either way, got a little confused there, left the guy wide open. The other time he threw it deep, I cut it off at 30 minutes because Minnesota kind of had laid it down at that point. But uh, he threw one deep. It was out of bounds to A.J. Brown, and it was a one-on-one cover. So he's going to take – when it's like a one-on-one matchup, he'll take the shot deep. Sure. But if, if, if it's not, he's just going to take what, what it's given, and he will run the ball. So come up with a plan, Jack. Yeah. Come up with a plan. We'll make it happen. These are all matchups to to look out for. And, you know, you, you, you never want to say never, but I think it's going to be a tough one for the commanders. Um, but come out there, throw something that they haven't seen. Don't get too crazy, but, you know, it's a division game. Use that to juice you up and, and, and pull off the big upset. I mean, can you imagine, you know, everybody's kind of doom and gloom. If you follow Twitter, you see, you know, film breakdowns and all that, but you can change it in one week. It's a week-to-week league. I really believe that. So you never know what you're going to get each week, and you got a chance to make something happen. You're back at home where you, you you had a big home win week one, so you never know what could happen out there. So it should be a fun one. Uh, I'm just glad my team's playing football. It's week three. It's still early in the season. Everything's ahead of you, so it'll be a lot of fun to, to look out for uh, as week three gets started against a, a big NFC East rival. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, Well. We're going to cut this one off right here. Yeah. So we, we, we cut this watching, one off here. If you're watching on YouTube, stick with us. We're going to do our picks here in just a second. Um, and then we'll release that later as another audio episode. So if you're listening right now, we'll see you next time. But stick with us, watch with us as we go over how awesome I did not do in my picks. But <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. And if you're watching, stay with us. Yes, indeed. Thanks to the folks at Bet Online. Go check out that code now. That's right. That, that believe fifty B L E A V five zero. Check it out. We'll take. That's we'll right. check y'all in a couple of days with our picks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.